Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. This is your host, Christina Orlova. Here we will talk about all things OCD. For more information and to contact me with questions, you can go to www.coreresults.com. That's K-O-R results.com. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Orlova. In today's episode, we're going to take a dive into OCD subtypes. So there's actually a lot of information to cover. So what I would like to do is break this down over two episodes. And as a bonus, I will release them weekly. So what you'll actually get is three episodes um, since I release them every other week. But because this one has so much material to cover, um, I'm going to release it um, this coming Monday, the Monday after that, and then we will get back to the regular uh, programming. So the way that OCD shows up is uh, folks can have different clusters of subtypes. And what I want to do today, um, I sat down in preparing for this um, and made a list of what are the different ways that I've seen OCD show up. And I counted and it looked like I had 19 different subtypes. So today in episode three, I'd like to cover 10 of those. And in the next episode, I'll go over the remaining nine. So without further ado, let's jump right on in. So one of the most common things that people see um, is called symmetry and perfectionism OCD. So in symmetry and perfectionism, one of the things that um, I usually talk about with folks is we want to really differentiate between when somebody likes things to be clean or lined up or um, likes to have them a certain way, let's say, and that really is a preference um, versus somebody who has perfectionism symmetry OCD subtype. Uh, for that person, it's not just as simple as um, a preference. It's really all based on the fact that if I don't have it um, this way, then um, a person will feel like everything will fall apart in their world. So a lot of the uh, focus um, becomes on making sure that um, morning routines on getting ready before work or school or um, the way things are in a person's home um, or even the way their pens might be lined up um, or making sure that they're acting in a perfect way um, or that they're never late. Um, those are all the kind of places where when this shows up, um, a person can really get paralyzed, feel frozen, and um, suddenly get uh, this overwhelming sense of um, that everybody's going to judge me or that people are going to dislike me or that my whole world is going to fall apart or that uh, I'm going to lose my mind. So that's, um, in a nutshell, symmetry and perfectionism OCD. Uh, the second is something people commonly know about is contamination OCD. So that's where a person is plagued with obsessive intrusive thoughts and fears around um, making contact with things that they deem as dirty, um, unclean, unsanitary, and that making contact with it. Um, they will themselves 
um, have that contaminant and that that could lead to a catastrophic outcome like uh, death um, or being sick. And so uh, contamination OCD is, again, one of the more common ones that is portrayed in the media and one of the most common things that people talk about when they talk about um, OCD. Uh, third one I'd like to talk about um, is fear of doing something wrong. Um, so with this presentation, um, a person will get really obsessed about um, this fear that they did something wrong. Um, and the way this could look is, for example, um, a common example today actually is um, somebody texted somebody something, a friend or a parent or a teacher, whoever, um, and they might um, suddenly start to get stuck on thinking, oh my gosh, did I write something wrong? Did I say anything bad? Uh, what if um, I, what if they misunderstand what I wrote? Did I actually write it correctly? And so a person will be able to move on and then get really stuck and, and incessantly obsess about uh, the potentiality of the fact that they said something wrong or did something wrong. Um, and so then in an attempt to try to prevent um, a consequence from coming true, a person might start to um, check their phone or look at, um, are they getting a response fast enough? Um, and again, every time that a person responds to those intrusive fears and thoughts, they actually reinforce those fears and thoughts. So the brain will produce more of them, not less. Um, next is harm OCD. Harm OCD um, also might be known as aggressive OCD. So in this presentation, um, there's a lot of fear of either hurting yourself or somebody else. So this can show up, for example, in what can be mis misconstrued as somebody potentially be feeling suicidal, but they're not actually suicidal. They're, they're constantly obsessing and having intrusions around what if um, I do something and end up hurting myself, or what if um, I suddenly, you know, jump off a building, or what if... Um, I um, grab a knife and hurt somebody else. Um, so it's self-focused or it can be um, other person focused. Um, and so in, in this subtype, um, people get really stuck on this fear, notion, and doubt. Because remember, OCD is a doubting disease. So you get stuck on this doubt. What if um, I do something that will hurt myself or somebody else? The next uh, one that I have on my list is hypochondriasis or health OCD. So in this one, the way that this can present is where, let's say, for example, you have some sort of like a little pain or twinge or something in your chest or in your tummy or in your back. Um, most of us understand that bodies are noisy and, and you know, stuff happens and usually it resolves. But if ha somebody has this subtype, um, they have a lot of doubts and fears about 
oh my gosh, I feel nauseous or I'm feeling something like off in my heartbeat or my stomach or my back. What if then I have cancer or what if then I have some sort of a terminal illness and I don't know it? What if I have a brain tumor? So it's this catastrophic kind of outcome um, and then a person um, is not able to break free from these intrusions and obsessions um, about their health. Um, and so typically folks will um, seek medical opinions. It's really common to see somebody go to multiple doctors or the same doctor many times over and over and over um, because they are attempting through their checking behaviors to get that reassurance that they are okay. But again, with OCD, um, there's never an end point um, because of the way the brain functions um, a person never quite gets that relief and that sense of completion, like, okay, I, I feel I feel good, like I got my answer and I can move on. Um, the OCD brain will continue to produce more what-if and worry um, intrusions. So um, in this instance, um, a person may continuously want to see seek out medical advice and opinion um, and never quite have that uh, feeling of satisfaction or completion. So we've gone through five so far, so we have five more to go for today. So next on my list is pure O OCD. Um, one of the common misunderstandings about pure O is people will think things like, well, I don't have any compulsions, I just have obsessions. The reality is OCD, the O doesn't exist without the C, so obsessions are always accompanied with compulsions. So with pure OOCD, what that actually means is you're most likely not engaging in physical compulsions that people could see, but you are engaging in a lot of mental compulsions. So this is where um, when I teach and train folks, I let them know that, hey, you probably think you're thinking, but I bet you you're probably mentally compulsing and just don't know it. So what that means is somebody with pure O, um, if they have an intrusion, then instead of, let's say, physically doing something like checking or um, needing to do some repeating behavioral rituals in their head, they might start to replay a scene over and over and over because they are attempting to figure out um, if, if something had happened or not, or if something could happen, or in their head they're engaging in non-stop incessant analysis, um, but they never arrive at a conclusion. Um, they're dwelling on a topic, and every time that they're dwelling on the topic, they, they think that they're figuring something out, but when the person looks again, they typically start to recognize, oh yeah, I've been thinking about this for a very long time and I've actually not drawn any conclusion. I've actually not moved on. And in fact, I'm having more of these fears and worries. Um, so that would be indicative of uh, mental compulsive features happening. Uh, next, uh, I have scrupulosity OCD. So in this instance, a person is... Um, really focused on morality, being good or evil, or what if I had an intrusive image or a thought about a religious figure, and um, if I did, or something that's considered uh, not appropriate, 
then, oh my gosh, then what if that means then that I'm a bad person? Or what if that means I'm going to go to hell? Or what if that means that I'm then morally off and I'm morally, uh, my moral compass isn't working and I should be locked up? Um, so those are the different ways that scrupulosity OCD can manifest itself. Um, and a, a person who um, has, you know, the religious faith, um, one of the distinctions that we want to work on usually is separating out um, where is it um, that, you know, you have your um, kind of, if you will, standard uh, religious practices or spiritual practices and, and really kind of also driving some joy from those versus where is it that your OCD brain um, has really latched on and and now you're actually losing sight of um, the part of the religious practice that actually brings you joy and, and kind of closer to um, God, if you will, versus um, now you're getting stuck on certain themes or a theme and you're not really moving on. And in fact, um, you're digging yourself deeper into a hole um, and really are constantly unsure if um, you're now bad or evil. Um, and it can really feel like your brain is on fire and, and your anxiety shoots through the roof. So um, with scrupulosity OCD, um, I'll often want to work with a um, religious figure in a person's community or will want to take stock of, you know, what are, um, what are other folks in your um, community? What are they doing and what are you doing? So we can start to develop some baselines of, you know, what would be considered normative average behavior um, based on whatever the um, faith is. So that's a little bit about scrupulosity OCD. Uh, next is just right OCD. Uh, so just right OCD, this is where a, a person might not clearly be able to say uh, what they think a, um, a consequence would be. But what typically happens is um, a person starts to obsess and get fixated on the fact that things just don't quite feel right. Um, it could be simple as, something as simple as, you know, getting in and out of a shower. That, you know, the way I got out of the shower wasn't quite right. Um, or maybe getting dressed and that um, the clothes aren't sitting quite right. Or maybe you're working on an assignment and you feel like you didn't quite get it right. Um, usually when we uncover this a little bit more, what shows up is um, this fear that a person will be stuck in this feeling of things not being right and this anxiety that comes with it uh, for some prolonged period of time um, and not be able to get out. So in response to this feeling that things are just not quite right, things feel off, um, a person will engage in behaviors in an attempt to get themselves to feel right, to feel good. Again, looking for that sense of completion and that they can move on. Um, but again, if, if you're not understanding how OCD operates, then you might not be remembering that um, there's a kind of a communication circuitry issue in the OCD brain. So a um, person with OCD isn't going to get that, um, that sense of resolution through their compulsions, all they're going to do is just get stuck in this repetitive compulsive behavior, which of course, as folks who have OCD know, um, it's extremely exhausting and kind of sucks the life out of you and it's draining and it's just really a, such a vicious cycle. 
So next we have a need to know and re or remember OCD. So in this subtype, a person um, is really having a lot of doubts and fears about um, forgetting things, not remembering things, or sense that you know they really need to know um, and understand a topic. Um, and so it can look like um, wanting to research everything or uh, maybe rereading things over and over again or mentally trying to continue to go through some checklists in your head because you're trying to make sure that you remember everything um, because the fear is if you don't do that that then you'll forget you'll be a failure failure um, that you're going to be you know not intelligent not smart um, and um, that there's gonna be this great loss um, so that's a way that uh, this need to know or remember OCD subtype can present itself. And last for today is pedophilia OCD. Um, pedophilia OCD is um, intrusive, unwanted thoughts or images that are all geared towards a person being scared and constantly doubting if maybe um, they are a pedophile or if maybe somehow they are aroused or like kids. Um, again, remember OCD is brain, uh, brain misfiring. So it's where a person is having unwanted thoughts, feelings, urges, impulses, and then they start to engage in a lot of what if then kind of thinking. So, oh my gosh, what if um, I um, am aroused by a picture of a child or what if um, I did something and I don't remember? Um, and so the person becomes plagued with those kind of thoughts. And um, also what happens then is um, it starts to attack kind of their core sense of self of, oh my gosh, then I'm a terrible person or um, I should be locked up or... Um, people might start to want to avoid um, children altogether, or any content around kids, or any pictures or books, or any events that have to do with kids altogether. Um, so avoidance would be a really big compulsive feature in this instance. Um, another one would be reassurance seeking um, and or checking. Um, so those are going to be the ones that we're covering today. And um, in the next episode, I will go through the remaining nine that I have. I actually, as I'm talking today, I'm remembering one more that I might throw in there. So we might have another 10. Um, we'll see. Or I might keep it uneven. <laughs> um, well, thank you for listening today. Um, I will include uh, these 10 in the show notes. Um, and I look forward to the next time um, I'm able to connect with you guys. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. If you have any questions you want me to answer in future podcasts or any other comments, you can go to coreresults.com backslash contact backslash. That's coreresults, K-O-R-R-E-S-U-L-T-S dot com backslash contact.